This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to episode 20 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Eddie. I'm Pat. Please join us as we explore the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries on this milestone episode of Paranormal Dads. Episode 20. Congratulations. <laughs> we made it to the second decade. We're almost at a year in yeah. as well. Yeah, I think we premiered in late or mid-August last it year. It seems so much longer than that. Doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, we cram a lot of life into a short amount of time. You know. And granted, by podcast terms, that's not a lot, really. It's not a lot. It's so weird. So I guess not that people ask this, but I'll tell them. In the world of podcasting, the um, the kind of the um, the rule not 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 the rule, but like the takeaway is, if you can get past six episodes, your show will probably be around. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you can get past six episodes, the, the cursed six. Speaking of cursed, <laughs> that's one of the little subjects on this on this very special episode, but um, or milestone episode. But getting past six is the big like woohoo. That's the big hump. Yeah. A lot of podcasts will start and typically they get about, you know, five episodes in and then are kind of like, well, that was fun. <laughs> and it's funny. One thing I read that when you're starting up a podcast, you should have five episodes in the can ready to go before you even before you even launch it, which we didn't do, which we didn't do. Absolutely no. not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we take them as, as they come and we try to get as many done as we can. And here oh, we are. Yeah. Number 20. Here we are. Number 20. <laughs> Thank you listeners for sharing, commenting, giving us feedback and supporting us. Absolutely. Cause we couldn't do that without you no it, it wouldn't be any fun i mean you know this is only good as good as what we you know get back you right know? so hearing that people enjoy what we do is yeah and we do get a lot of that oh especially okamacon was a big example of that oh my gosh i'm glad you mentioned that took about setting them up <laughs> we uh went to okamacon um uh, you and i went to okamacon um and uh and andy's wrapping up some stuff and and doing doing andy meyer's business and getting his uh his ducks in a row but uh, you and I were at a Comic Con for the full three days. Right, had our table set up, and uh, I was so busy bopping around. I feel like I was at the table like ten percent of the time that five percent of the time you were. You know, I could sense the turmoil in you all weekend. It was kind of funny, but yeah, don't feel bad because I, I would be at the table for a good portion of it, and I was kind of like the man at the table. Right, I, I was I was working the crowd. I'm practicing my elevator speech. Yep. Everybody who walks by, I'm handing out stickers. I'm handing out glow sticks. Pamphlets. Glow sticks. Glow sticks. It's a Comic-Con. Brave never stops. Anyway, handing out stickers. We even had like little posters, yeah. autographed posters. Mini autographed People posters. People actually took them, and we were humbled. Yeah. <laughs> well, it blew me away. Someone's but, like, hey, I, would you autograph this? And I was like, I guess we should sign this. Sure. Thing. But... um Love the graphic art. You know, it's our Paranormal Dad logo mm -hmm. um, by the artist. Big shout out to Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Big thank you. So so I'm working the crowd at the table, and you're out working. You're talking to podcast people. Mm -hmm. You're talking to famous people. Yep. You, you you got a voice actor staying in your house. Yes. You, <laughs> you've got um, uh, famous internet celebrities mm -hmm. you're hobnobbing with. We had Ming Chen from Comic Book Men who sat down with us on one of the other podcasts that I uh, co-produced. Just doing a lot of networking. You even got body slammed. I got suplexed. That was awesome. I got scooped up and put down. I don't think I shared that to our page. I should probably do that. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I'll do it, that. It was on... No, you just sent that to me, I think. I, well, no, I put it up on the podcast arcade page, and I put that up on, I think, the Daydream Instruction Manual page, but it didn't make it to Paranormal Dads, so oh, I should okay. put that up there. Yeah. It's awesome. But See me get suplexed. But anyway, I mean, I could sense the turmoil that you were feeling guilty that you weren't standing 
by me, you yeah. know, a good part of the weekend. Yeah. And I was totally cool with it. I it's know. like, I got this covered. You're doing work. You're doing good work. You were very involved with Ocomicon. Right. You were an integral part of keeping that event going and our so, end of it for sure yeah so um yeah uh, between hosting panels and uh you know the the term networking and i'm doing the air quotes is such a like a kind of a corporate sounding thing but a lot of what we do is about putting stuff out there but then making sure that other people are you know, aware of us and right. also that we're aware of them and helping kind of create some nice actual like um, flow between us and other creators and so we have artists and independent comic book creators and uh, shout out to Omaha Underground Comics they love what we do other um, podcasters yeah so our friends from worst comic podcast ever from kansas city where we're here it's good to see them oh it's so good to see those guys i mean this is where like the the notion of this is kind of our one shot at being part of the community that we are part of and then my thought has always been if we if we only sit at the table we're not maximizing the opportunities there. right right and so yeah i do but then so the, you did that you did that end and i know and, and I, but, I took care of the table and it was all good it i know but still i you know you know there's this thing in my brain where it's like we're all a team you know paranormal dads what was it paranormal dads never say die but <laughs> but we just wanted i just wanted to make sure i was present as much as possible and it was so fun to be able to interact with people who listen to the show yeah. and get their feedback and hear the things that they like. Right. And a little cherry on top of our time, we had a live show. Right, which there. was our last episode. Yeah. And also a big shout out to our interns, Kaya, who who put together an awesome PowerPoint presentation for our panel that yep. we did. Yep. Um, and then also Daphne was there running that social media game Killing for it. us. Yep. Um, like... Like I said, Davey Johnson. Mm -hmm. He did voice work for Adventure Time. He was in a, a, a horror anthology movie called uh, Southbound. So if you're into those uh, kind of types of scary movies, you can check him out with that. He's a he's kind of an independent um, sketch comedian as well. So it does a lot. Wears a lot of hats. But yeah, he was there as well. And so also all our friends from the the podcast arcade mm -hmm. who are too numerous to mention right now. So many. But, but uh, we just had a great weekend all oh, together. And we can't forget Buford T. Squirrel. Buford T. Squirrel was there. He was in there. fine form. He was very popular with the ladies. He it was. was. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a little special uh, thank you to uh, Nebraska Furniture Mart, too, for providing the little lounge area that we were able to kind of all detox in. Absolutely. Um, in fact, one of our friends even fell asleep on the couch there, so that was even better. <laughs> um, but yeah, super fun. Um, while we're kind of handling our business here, I, I thought it'd be kind of fun to discuss, and we can mention this maybe later on the thing, but I got fresh off of a family little mini weekend camping trip. Ooh. And I'm telling you now, nothing will recharge your paranormal dad's batteries better than a weekend in the woods. I'll bet. You know, just just getting out and get some fresh air. Dude, I've yes. been longing for fresh air. I've been so busy busy lately, yeah. past three weeks or so, yeah. that you know I've just been dreaming about going outside and just sitting and being Dude, outside. I can see it on you right now. It's just dripping. <laughs> it's dripping off of you. I that that was exactly my countenance. And my our youngest daughter was hanging out with me at the campfire, and the whole family would go to bed, and I would kind of stay up and kind of just chill, nice, and make sure the fire was you know like adequately put out. Hey. Smokey loves you. Right? <laughs> there are people going to bed with the fire still going. Yeah. I'm like, what are you, a monster? What's happening? But my youngest would stay up with me. And she was like, well, Dad, what do you want to do? And I'm like, Dad is fine right here. <laughs> just sitting by the fire, staring up at, this, at the moon, yeah. <laughs> just enjoying the time. So uh, I came back from that refreshed and recharged and ready for some, some paranormal goodness. All right. Well, let's get into it. To recent sightings. Recent sightings. On, so, yes. Yes. On this recent got? sightings. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, We're professionals. I, we are. <laughs> if you count hugs and high fives. <laughs> there you go. We, this came across my, and a lot of people's radar, because it is fairly recent. Um, in Egypt, I want to say it's in Alexandria. And I might be wrong here. I'm looking this up as we go. It is. Look at me go. I'm right. Yeah. Um, construction site this is how these people find these things they're digging they're digging we find a thing we find the dead sea scrolls or we find some tablet or we find some you know lost shrunken idol or something 
Um, well, where where did the Brady boys find that little tiki idol when they went to Hawaii? Exactly. At the construction site. Exactly. It's always a construction site. And so there's construction going on in Alexandria in Egypt. And lo and behold, they dig up a evidence of a sarcophagus. And um, a couple of them, in fact. But in this case, they call this one particular one the black sarcophagus. Because... It's black. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's not get too creative on this. What can be good by a black sarcophagus? You find a black sarcophagus <laughs> in the ground, and it's huge. It's big. And so they were assuming they, the archaeologists and the experts, who Egyptologists who found this thing or who showed up on site. I have been on a construction site, a little, news, a little backstory. I work in construction uh, or design, uh, that side of it. Um, that will shut a site down like no one's business. Yeah. The minute you find a bone, yeah, the whole like site everybody is just stops, shut it down. Yeah. And so it could be a chicken bone, and they got to make <laughs> sure that it's not a human. Oh. oh, dude, it's nuts. They found a uh, what looked to be like a. This is on my end. They found like a what well, was like a deer femur, and the whole site just shut down for, oh, like, really? for like a day. You know, oh, like geez. nobody go home, go home, found a bone. Yeah. So they found. A sarcophagus. So that, that that shut down the site forever. So Egyptologists, archaeologists, all these people come out, and they're assuming by the size and the sophistication of this sarcophagus, there's somebody important in this thing. There's not. This isn't just some dude. This isn't some Eddie. Right. <laughs> this is some some guy they found. Hey. This isn't Frank or How's anything. It going? This is my sarcophagus. <laughs> Uh, they were assuming that they were even. There was even some uh, suspicions that it may have even been Alexander the Great. Really? Some people were thinking that it may have been that level of like importance. So there was debate on whether or not to even open this thing. <laughs> so they found the sarcophagus. They have this thing. It's huge and it's heavy. And it's stone. It's, it's, you know, some of these things they find are like more ornate, but this is kind of big. It's still well-crafted, but it's a behemoth. It didn't get all Raiders of Lost Ark, did it? Faces started melting and We don't know exploding. yet because they just opened the darn thing. <laughs> um, so there was debate on whether to open it or not, and they decided, we open in this thing. Right. You know? So they did. Cracked it open. And weren't quite sure what they were expecting. Kind of expecting to see, you know, another mummy or something like that. But what they did find was kind of disheartening. It was kind of jumbled remains of several skeletons, not mm-hmm. just one person. Like a mask. Yeah, it was like it was like a paranormal dad sarcophagus. Like you, right. me, and Andy were like, hey, man, we can't really afford our own. Let's <laughs> just, just all go stick us all in the same box. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so it was, I, I want to say they found three skulls in there. Don't kill me if I'm wrong. It's paranormal dads. But, <laughs> but there were several skeletons in there, not just one. And uh, they were not well-preserved. And the idea being that because of the nature of the site they found it at, like it's in the city, it's around other things, Mm -hmm. that sewage and wastewater and other things got into the uh, sarcophagus. And just contaminated. Oh, just soaked into it. This is where it gets even... (laughs) This is the next level of paranormal dads. If you're easily grossed out, don't listen to this. (laughs) Pause it. Fast forward about a minute. So... Inside the sarcophagus, there's this jumble of skeletons, and it looks like straight out of a horror movie. Like, mm-hmm. like it is, it is an open sarcophagus. It doesn't get more like, like let's write a scary story. Right. Open sarcophagus. So there's the thing of don't open it. Don't open it. There'll be a curse. There's going to be a curse. Don't open it. So people opened it anyway. So sure. here's hoping there's no curse. It's been <laughs> open for a few days. Inside's this jumble of skeletons, but also there's this just this this pool of red liquid. In this juice, and and there's people were calling it mummy juice. That was kind of the mummy juice. That was kind of the. I don't care who you are. If you came across a thing called mummy juice, does that come in a box? Right, with a little straw. It's like ecto cooler. Serve it to your soccer team. (laughs) Only no dads. No dads can have this. Only mummies. (laughs) Sorry, but there was an online petition. And I'm not making this up. Look this up. There's an online petition right now to allow people to drink the mummy juice. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not making it up. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> they were like, there's people who are like, this will give us divine power. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'll just give you the runs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would think you would expect that. But I mean, so is there a level of paranormal to this i mean is there you know like anything kind of 
ghostly about this or or is it just kind of well I mean, the par- could it be like contaminated water or the, what? the the paranormal to this oh to the mummy juice so right. the the assumption is that this is just like wastewater and stuff right. like that um they can't prove that though they don't know that. Like, uh, they can't prove water even got into this thing. They, there, there wasn't, like, evidence that it was sitting in a pool of flooded water. It was actually, like, pretty well, you know. So that's their, like, takeaway is, like, this isn't just, like, legit mummy juice. Some people were even thinking it might have been red mercury from so, the... So it wasn't, it wasn't sitting, like, in water. It was, it was sealed tight. It was sealed and, tight. And yeah. this has probably been sitting in there for festering for a long time thousands of years uh, the paranormal part to me and this is where i do want to leave people a little bit kind of thinking about this is because there was a legit concern about there being some some form of curse uh-huh. and if you actually do follow uh the other sarcophagi that have been opened in egypt mm-hmm. and if you tr- trace some of that stuff there's some bad stuff that's happened to people who right. have messed with these different tombs yeah like more often than not bill bill ill <laughs> ill ill things befall uh the people that end up tampering with right. these things whether it's a disease or uh misfortune accidents these there's significant case there, there's a significant case to be made for people who have tampered with these things right and that's the one. That's one of these things. And it comes out of the ground black, onyx black. Like, <laughs> I mean, nothing good is going to come out of that box. No. you would think. No, <laughs> no. You're not going to open that and have like flowers shoot out of it and fireworks. No, <laughs> but you know. And this is where it does kind of like take a certain type of person. Where I, you know, and I, and I put this out to listeners too. Like, you come across a sarcophagus that is thousands of years old that has an inscription on it that says don't open this or a curse is going to fall on you do right. you open it like a straight up mom like gangster <laughs> do you just grab a crowbar and start working it i wouldn't i'm telling you now <laughs> how about you pat what would you do it, it's a major award <laughs> it's a major award <laughs> it's a leg lamp give me my hammer and my plumber's helper so. <laughs> i I would probably look at it, look at my crowbar, drop the crowbar, and just walk I back d- to my I'd tent. I'd just run away. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't, can't touch this. I don't literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you're curious about some more uh, in-depth stuff, please, I encourage you to look up. It's it it, it is called the black sarcophagus. Uh, I don't believe a ton of them tend to be that color and that type of rock. I want to say it was just straight up granite, which once again, heavy rock i mean just not even a yeah and it'll be interesting to follow what happens to the people involved in this and i mean they said anything comes out of this i mean curses don't just and this is where the guy who did it and this is where i like i like rolled my eyes because he's like said there was a curse on it i stuck my head inside the thing like he he literally that that is his quote he's like we opened it i put my head inside there and i'm fine yeah and i'm like you just jinxed yourself yeah (laughs) That let's, let's talk in five years there, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> Comes back. It's like, my fingers all just fell off for no reason. <laughs> my, my head caught on fire. Ouch. It's time for pop, culture, and the paranormal. So this week we're going to talk about something that's probably near and dear to your heart as the host or one of the hosts yes. of Falcon Punch Thunder Dads, which yes. is, if you haven't heard Eddie's one of Eddie's other podcasts. So bad. <laughs> so many. This is a podcast um, kind of geared towards geek mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. and fitness. Yeah. And so you talk a lot about running and... and um, running, racing, uh, weightlifting, like exercise routines, just stuff like that. Yeah. Just and, and nothing crazy, just adding a little bit of activity to your life. So what we're going to do here this time is throw the paranormal into all that. Ooh. This is uh, paranormal-themed fun runs. Dude, that, that is amazing. <laughs> I'm excited. I love fun runs, you know, I, and I haven't done one in quite a while. Yeah. I, I actually did a full marathon once in my life. I'm so this jealous. Is, this is a, a few years back. Yeah. But I remember um, when you were training for that though. Yeah. That was like you were such a singular of yeah. mind. You were like, I, I gotta run. <laughs> and I was I was about fifty pounds lighter too. Ah, but more to love. <laughs> 
But uh, fun runs are so fun because it doesn't take much to get ready for a fun run. No. I mean, you can pretty much be ready for a fun, fun run in within a, week a few or two. weeks. Yeah. yeah. They're, they tend to hover around the shorter distances, right? 5, yeah. 10K you're, maybe. You're talking a mile, a 5K, maybe a 10K, which right. is but like that's, six miles. That's the most you'll you know, see. 5Ks are like three miles. And, and of course, the mile fun runs. Um, great for the kids. The kids will sprint the whole thing. Right. You'll be huffing and puffing by the time you get to the end. But uh, there are a lot of paranormal-themed fun runs. And, and the first one we're going to talk about is uh, actually takes place in Michigan. Um, it's called the Bigfoot 5K and 10K Snowshoe Race. What? <laughs> now, check this out. It's, it's the usual crowd for this is like... 500 people will enter and 100 people will rent snowshoes. You know, the other group, they're, they're like serious snowshoers. They, they got their own snowshoes, right? Yeah, B-Y-O-S-S. So, uh, but the ones who are renting them, it's probably their first time on them. And um, the learning curve on this is zero. You just strap them on and you start running in the snow. So With tennis rackets on your feet. Yeah, it takes place in January, and the course is a super hilly off-trail run with plenty of, of logs to jump over with snowshoes on and then trees to duck under. We call this Busted Ankle Ridge. <laughs> so, you know, you got big feet, and, and, of course, they're using Sasquatch as kind of the, the mascot of the whole thing. Sure. Um there's a handful of very serious people who actually do this thing uh, because it's the, it's the Midwest qualifier for the National Championship Snowshoe Race. What? Which leads to the World Snowshoe Championships. So it's like serious business. There's guys just going crazy. But, um, you know, one question is, what if there's no snow on the day of the race? Right. Well, if that... If there wasn't snow, it would be the first time in history. And so you'd be a part of history. Yeah. So just go do it anyway. Running on grass with your <laughs> snowshoes on. Uh, let's see. This takes place. If I can Where find is this it again? Uh, da, 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 da. Let me find it here. Because you know what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Eddie's we, already got, he's got his kayak open. He's, he's looking for, uh, we should you do know, this. he's looking for travel arrangements. Um, it's at the beautiful lodge at Timber Ridge Resort in, oh, darn, I missed it. Oh, Traverse City, Michigan. Oh, is where it's at. that's not so bad. That's still Midwest. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, Traverse City, Michigan. There you go. So, if you, so there you go. The Bigfoot 5K and 10K snowshoe race. You know what that reminds me of? There's the uh, beer and bagel run here in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh-huh. And they have a guy who is... Uh, or, for all we know, the real Bigfoot, uh, who will chase after the runners. To, oh, nice. Yeah, and he shows up in a golf cart. And, and, <laughs> yeah, like they ride around with him in a golf cart, and he'll get out, and he'll like ambush the runners and stuff. Well, the great thing about it, though, and you might look this one up online, check out the awards. Those are amazing. For, for like the top three or so finishers, they give you a Bigfoot statue, and it is awesome looking it's it's probably like two feet high this is a solid piece yeah ornamental piece right and and it's you know it looks like bigfoot and it's it's cool you it's a good looking out. statue of bigfoot it too it's, it's not awesome. it's not something it's you not would cheap you would wear that you would put that on a counter when you got home like this is my war yeah i mean it looks like a heisman trophy or something except <laughs> it's bigfoot it's cooler let's just so, say it. let's just, and to get beer glasses it looks like oh nice I love it. <laughs> so so let's move on to Bloom County Park uh, in Westville, Indiana. This one is actually coming up um, September 23rd, 2018. It's Ooh. on a Sunday. And see if you can find Bigfoot as he or she roams the course. So Ooh, you're out there running. Yes. If you get a picture or a video of Bigfoot with your phone and show it to the, the organizers at the end of the race... You will then be entered in a special raffle to for a chance to win prizes. Oh wow! So obviously they got someone running around looking like Bigfoot, and he's out there hiding. And you know, so you got to not only be running a five k, you've got to be looking out for Bigfoot and trying to shoot video or or that's photos amazing. of him. So that's got to be a lot of fun. That's a great time. I so, wear a GoPro on my head and just like take, like just <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah, it's like oh, I got him. Yep. <laughs> 
So um, let's go down south a little closer to home. Uh, Hanobia, Oklahoma. Oh, wow. This is a... Uh, Y'all doing it's, fine. It's called the Bigfoot 5K and One Mile Race in Hanobia, Oklahoma. Um, it looks like this one's usually held in October. Mm-hmm. And it is held in conjunction with the Hanobia Bigfoot organization. Um, they put it on, and they it's held in conjunction with a Bigfoot conference that oh, they wow. do down there. That's kind of a fun. So, so yeah, I mean, it's just kind of one of the events of their their Bigfoot conference, which right. we went to ours in February here in Nebraska, and that was a lot of fun. You yeah. can listen to one of our previous episodes where we talked yeah. about that. Um, but yeah, that, that's a fun way to kind of uh, having a, a special event for your your Bigfoot conference. Add a race to your event, man. Yeah. Like, let's do that. And our last Bigfoot conference, our Bigfoot, <laughs> Bigfoot fun run we're going to talk about, this is uh, the Bigfoot 5K and 10K fun run in um, Yakult, Washington. So this is Pacific Northwest Territory. Yeah. This is the home of Bigfoot, right? Yeah. Um, so Find the real Bigfoot on this one. Of course, they got bling, you know, probably Bigfoot t-shirts, that kind of thing. Yep. And probably just very scenic, squatchy views Mm -hmm. as as you're doing this race. So so that that would be uh, a blast, too. But and that's just a sample of you know some of the Bigfoot ones. Yeah. But let's let's go on because we're talking paranormal um, fun runs. So let's go on. Let's go back to episode one, shall we? Ooh, let's. The Lizard Man 5K run. Are you kidding me? There's a Lizard Man 5K? This takes place in Points State Park in Wedgefield, South Carolina. And of course, um, if you have. The Lizard li- Man is alive and well. Yes, he is. And if you haven't listened to our episode one, the Lizard Man was. Um, he was uh, first spotted back in probably the. It was like the 80s, mm-hmm. um, early 80s, where a teenager broke down one night, and uh, <laughs> he was fixing a flat tire and saw this creature coming at him, Yep. and he got in the car and peeled out of there, he broken tire and all, and the thing scratched up his car, and there were a few sightings after that, um, damage to cars where people were thinking he was chewing on cars and things like right. that. So go back to episode one. You can check that. Yeah, out. we have a good little audio <laughs> representation of that encounter. But uh, yeah, they you know they're very proud of that story down in that that neck of the woods, and uh, they hold a five k every year in honor of the Lizard Man. So, That's awesome. So, but um, moving on, you can go out to Cedar City, Utah. This takes place usually in uh, looks like it's going to be in April or so. It's the UFO 5K fun run. There we go. We're getting into some alien runs. It's hosted by the Southern Utah Space Foundation, which is uh, dedicated to the astronomy education and outreach in Southern Utah. And uh, costumes are encouraged. Uh, The best-dressed aliens will receive prizes. I love it. I love it. Now, this is my one of my favorites. Um, And... Dude, you gotta see the bling that comes with this. This is the Extraterrestrial Abductions Day 5K and 10K. What? Did you know that March 20th is Extraterrestrial Abductions Day? What? It is a thing. March 20th? It's like a nationwide thing. That abduction day. We're gonna celebrate that on the show. We should. Um, The medal that comes with this thing, it looks like it it has the title, Extraterrestrial extraterrestrial abductions day five and 10 K then below that is an, a UFO. And then you see like a tractor beam kind of below that and people flying up the beam that's next into the ship. The metal actually glows in the dark. Are you kidding me? What kind of an awesome bling would that be? That's a, let me see look, this. Look at this picture. Oh my gosh. If, and they're the runners. <laughs> yeah, it's stealing it's runners. It's sucking the run, r- runners up into the UFO. I've seen so this metal before. You've got to go out and Google that, the extra, extraterrestrial 5 and 10K metal. It's, it's awesome looking. It's funny you mentioned this one because there's also one in Roswell. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah I think I I did come across. Yeah, that one. they have a they have a an alien race as well, which that would be crazy. <laughs> just being in those areas, um, it would be fun. Um, and if you're really into the exotic, you know, mm-hmm. you you want to get away for a while, go on down to Bermuda for the Bermuda Bahama. Marathon. 
The come on <laughs> the Bermuda Marathon weekend. <laughs> Sorry. You're singing Beach Boys. <laughs> the Bermuda Marathon weekend and Bermuda Triangle Challenge. So what this is, is a running festival held each year over the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend. And the it includes the Bermuda Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle Challenge, which is three races in three days. It is includes a uh, a mile race, which is probably like on a Friday. Yeah. Followed by a 10K on Saturday Ooh. and a full marathon on Sunday. That's crazy. So that's the Bermuda Triangle Challenge. Now, if you're not up for something like that, you can go to the Bermuda Triangle Half Challenge, which is a mile on Friday, a 10K on Saturday, and a half marathon on Sunday. I would do that one. So, <laughs> But uh, you're surrounded by crystal clear water, warmed by the Gulf Stream. Bermuda is the ideal wintertime destination for the active-minded traveler. Oh, <laughs> so and and to top it all off, I mean, if you do a good job there, you can qualify for Boston. Really? In this race. This is a Boston qualifier. That's crazy. So go down to Bermuda, qualify for Boston. Get your paranormal on. Get your paranormal on and then go to Boston. So how I, great is that? I, I think that's a multiple win right there. <laughs> and finally, we can't do this without all the ghosts, you know. So you got the ghosts, goblins, ghouls, spooktacular 5K and scarecrow. Crow Sprint Fun Run at Ashburn, Virginia. That takes place on uh, in uh, October, of course, around Halloween. It's a Halloween-themed uh, costume contest, uh, Halloween-themed entertainment, Halloween activities. Runners are encouraged to run in costumes, so lots of ghosts and ghouls and monsters and all kinds of cool stuff there. Um, you could probably, we should probably reached out to uh, Justin from Paranormal Dads. He could probably tell us about some here locally. I'm sure Omaha probably has some Halloween from Falcon runs. Punch. You mean? Oh, uh, uh, no, 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 yeah. you're fine. He would love that. <laughs> yes, but I know uh, back in the day when I, when I was very first starting running, this is like back when I was a teenager. There was a a race Z92 used to put on mm -hmm. a local radio station here called the Trick or Treat Trot. Oh. That was my first uh, 5K ever. And I did that a few years, but that was always fun. Everybody's dressed up in costumes. Yeah, and, I and, love uh, those. Uh, it, so was, it was a good deal. I don't think there is a Halloween run here in town anymore. Is really? there? I don't, there must be. I would be. imagine. You know, you got the zombie walk yeah. that takes place in the Dundee area, which is kind of a uh, kind of a trendy kind of place here in, in Omaha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody, somebody, somebody's got to have something. That'd be kind of fun to like, like, like cross the streams and have like paranormal dads and Falcon Punch Thunder dads like yeah. do a do a paranormal run. We should do it. We should do at least one, a short we one. Should. Yeah, five k. You know, we we could do that. We could do a five k easy. Yeah. The fusion of those worlds is like the best, the best to me ever. Like you're, we're going to have some paranormal, we're going to have some health and we're going to have a little bit of geekiness all combined into one. There you go. Just mash it all up and enjoy the day. And, and, and don't get abducted when you're running. From the opulence and excess of Beverly Hills to luxurious destinations around the globe, it's time to rub shoulders with the privileged and successful among us as Paranormal Dads now offers you a look into the paranormal lifestyles of the rich and famous. The star of the Matrix franchise, Keanu Reeves, didn't hesitate to share a ghost story on Jimmy Kimmel Live during a 2014 appearance on the show. Host Jimmy Kimmel was asking Reeves a series of random questions when he inquired if Reeves had ever seen a ghost before. Reeves excitedly answered, yeah, when I was a kid, and proceeded to tell about a time when he was six or seven years old and living in New York. He was in a bedroom with his sleeping sister and a nanny when a jacket with no body or legs floated into the room through an open doorway, then disappeared. Reeves thought, okay, that was interesting. But when he turned and saw the horrified face of his nanny, he realized, oh wow, that was real. Reeves then posed a question to Kimmel. So is that a ghost or just some weird floating jacket? We at Paranormal Dads think you probably saw a ghost, Keanu. Just think of it as a most excellent adventure. For the Paranormal Dads, I'm Pat, and this has been Paranormal Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous.
And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> Here we go. The main mystery. What you got lined up for us? We've had our appetizer. Right. We've had our drinks. Yeah. Now it's time for the main course. Tuck that bib in <laughs> and get ready. We're talking about giants. Giants. <laughs> giants. Like Andre? Like, maybe like Andre, but maybe a little bigger. Uh-oh. Yeah. You don't get much bigger than Andre. I mean, for real. The guy was huge. That dude was huge. It's crazy when you like look at like the films he's done, too. And I'm thinking of Princess Bride. but I love that movie. Oh, it's a, such a great movie. Uh, but just his scale was so just next level. Yeah. Just covering up people's entire heads with his hand. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, okay. Just kind of dragging people around like rag dolls. You yeah. Know? Like, I was, I was like, when you're that big, when you're that, just your proportions are, are that, how, how does everything else seem to you? Like, like we're just, like you said, like children, like dolls. It can't be easy li- no. living that large, you know? No. I mean, and th- there is a lot of like sad to that story. I mean, the, the, you know, just kind of the the outcast part of it and the health part of it yeah. and all that. But I mean, the guy was a big, lovable dude too. Oh, he's Everybody, a great guy. but but we're talking about the the phenomenon and myth, but maybe myth with a question mark. Giants. Um, diving right into this, this is one of the things that like you've heard these stories as a kid and. You kind of take them as allegorical. Oh, that wasn't real. And a lot of us who were raised maybe in the Christian tradition, there's um, the story of um, David and Goliath. Right. And he was a big guy. And you don't know, was he like a legit giant? Was he hey, David. <laughs> there you go. Um, but the thing is, um, there are accounts of either like anomalous type humans or in the case that I'm thinking of and what I want to talk about is, Kind of a sub, not not sub, a separate species of being that mm-hmm. is a giant. Um, the 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 story that I'm going to invoke, and this does kind of tap into some of the ancient like biblical traditions, and this also, and this does also tie into like ancient alien mm-hmm. theory quite a bit, where there is an an entity in the Bible called the um, Nephilim. And the Nephilim are essentially the the sons of angels and human women. Okay. And that they, they are the offspring of a divine being. And so basically what you would call a demigod in the, right. in the pantheon of like Greek culture and Roman culture. Half angel, half, half human. human. It, this is something that's referenced in the Bible. This is where like I didn't spend a lot of time. <laughs> in yeah. my Bible reading days of of like reading up on like the Nephilim, yeah. but it's a it's a thing that is referenced, and there are people and there are uh, theorists who theorize that these may have actually been real beings, and that they were not just um, you know angel people or whatever. That they actually right. were giants. That the offspring were huge, huge people, people. and. That these uh, huge people um, would, there was a, a series of them. It wasn't just one or two of these people. It was a population. Mm-hmm. And that they would actually disperse throughout the world. It sounds ludicrous and insane until you start looking up other stories of giants in other cultures. And you get into the thing of, are these anomalous cases of humans? Right. Or is this an actual um, species? Of being, and it's not just in one area. There, no, there, there are a lot of stories out there of, you know, this. I don't know if you call it a race, but you, you know, a a line of people. Or um, take a look at Solomon Islands, which is basically Guadalcanal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, according to local reports, there. Surviving giants have lived inside the rainforest jungle mountain ranges of Guadalcanal, and they have a vast cave system that uh, runs the length of the entire island. Really? So people believe that these giants can travel from the east coast to the west coast through these caves uh, without seeing the light of day. And it's believed that their population... Uh, numbers in the thousands. Really? So there's 
a lot of giant people living underground. And, and these are local people in Guadalcanal who believe this. Really? So, and there's probably the, the best example of a story of this is called the Gold Ridge in- Incident. Um, it takes place uh, in the 1970s. Various gold mining companies began negotiating with the traditional landowners with the aim of capitalizing on the gold that was there in Guadalcanal. Well, well, they finally hammered out the deals and they got to work. And uh, once they got underway, bulldozers began pushing the roads and clearing the mine area. So late one afternoon, one of the, the bulldozers broke down with one of the pins that held the the blade mm-hmm. to the machine uh it broke and so they had to take the 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 bulldozer back to the shop to have it fixed right they left the blade there this thing is like 10 tons 100 tons uh, i mean those what tend to be it was 10 tons I yeah think. very heavy mm-hmm. so they left it there went went back to the shop got the the bulldozer fixed came back the next day their blade's gone yeah it's a 10-ton blade, yeah. and it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. So, of course, they're puzzled by this. You know, 10 tons just doesn't disappear. They start looking around, and they find huge footprints. And we're not even talking Bigfoot footprints. Yeah, we're, we're like talking bigger. three-foot-long footprints. Right. That's like a yardstick, man. Yeah. All right? So, they do some looking, and they finally find the blade, like... A hundred meters away, yeah, on the top of a hill. How did it get there? Right. You know? <laughs> right. So okay, yeah. <laughs> there's that. So uh, there's that. There's another one where um, government officials uh, were out. Um, I think it had something to do with. It might have had something to do with. Uh, it had to do with a fishing fleet they were hosting an american fishing fleet that had come in and so you've got the guadalcanal premier and the finance minister and they were all driving in like a minivan and it broke it it slid off the road got stuck in the mud you know and they they couldn't move the car so they get out they walk back to the next nearest town they gather up about 30 people to bring them back to push that thing out of the mud, right? That's awesome. So they come back, and the car is back in the middle of the road. And standing next to the car are two huge men, one in the front, one in the back. They estimate these big men to be 15 feet tall. What? I mean, think of a Bigfoot. A Bigfoot would be like, what, 9, 10 feet? I mean, at the big end, 9, yeah. 10. I mean, I think like most reports had him at like 8. Like to, even 6. Yes, yeah, yeah, some of the right. more juvenile ones. Right. But yeah. This is 15 feet tall. Right. These guys turned around and ran in terror. You know, they were scared to death. You know, when was this? Uh, what, I mean, um, car times. I mean, but still like. It doesn't give me a date. Nice. It would be cool if there was a date. But. So, so yeah, they, they, they eventually gather their muster. They go back and, and the, the, the men are gone. Yeah. But they obviously had picked up this car and put it back on the road. They found these large footprints again. So, I mean, that's how the story goes. Right. Um, but you know, reputable, reputable people, government officials you would think but uh I, interesting story i understand and believe that like there are a lot of you know like the the prevalence of a story being in other cultures around the world that at the time would not have met or known each other doesn't necessarily prove it's real. I get that. So if you have a culture that's say in South America and then a culture that's in the Middle East and a culture that's in like, you know, the Far East or, and even in North America's that all have a a story about giants that doesn't necessarily mean that's true. But I do think that it definitely is a cause for like, Hmm, like Hmm. that, that's interesting. And, and 
just kind of what you're saying, there is a persistent story. And this is where it gets very kind of conspiracy theory-ish. But, you know, what would this be? We couldn't be talking about paranormal stuff if we weren't at least touching on some conspiracy. Sure. There is an active belief that the Smithsonian actually had, and even now still has in its possession giant skeletons mm-hmm. and not not and do you already have this as a, one of your notes or no no but i i was actually um one more guadalcanal story oh i won't step uh, on it then you go ahead and i'll i i have one uh one one of the prime ministers um came out and said that he recalls when he was a child his father took him to a burial cave in east guadalcanal and inside the com- uh, inside this cave was a complete skeleton that must be around 15 feet in length. Yeah. So, right. And, and there were also stories in Guadalcanal about, you know, during World War II, obviously a very uh, prominent battle was, was fought there mm-hmm. and the Japanese were hiding in caves. And there are stories from the Japanese soldiers of running into huge people yeah. in, in the caves that they, they resided in during the battle. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just kind of freaky that I mean, there's all these weird stories and makes you wonder, you know, is any of it true? You hear about giants and it's so easily dismissed. Like, that's not even real. Yeah. And it does sound kind of ridiculous. I mean, we've got James and the giant, you know, beanstalk and, right. and, and all these things. And it's it gets to the point where you wonder if the presence of these... Um, creatures or people influenced those stories. Um, there is a persistent story that the Smithsonian Institute here in America mm-hmm. is in possession of and is actively covering up and hiding giant skeletons. Like like you're saying, right. fifteen plus feet tall. Yeah. Like like the skulls of them are the size of like small cars. Like the, the, these are gigantic. There's, they are very clearly human looking, but the scale is off the charts. And the idea behind it is that they actually were excavated around sacred burial sites, and that the, this is where it gets very conspiratorial. But I'm just gonna say it the way I, I read it. Mm-hmm. The reason to hide something like this is that it creates more questions and puts more doubt on a narrative that is more easily digestible for the common population than mm-hmm. it would than it would be to let them just be. And that's what you hear so many times, even you know, with UFOs and things like that. We're not sure the people are ready for this, right. so we're going to cover it up. Right. You know, we... <laughs> this does kind of tie into giants a little bit, but people have asked uh, in in our dealings with people that we've met at Okamakan and other things, uh, even just in normal day-to-day, um, eventually we're going to get asked these questions as, as hosts and creators of this show. It's like, mm-hmm. well, what do you personally belief right. what's your personal belief you know? my personal belief and and oh, and i'm not asking about giants i'm right. not going to put us on the spot that way <laughs> but what i will say is i will say this my personal belief was up until a certain time was that i kind of like a lot of us digested the normal narrative of like we started off at point a and we're at point z and it may not have been a it may not have been a consistent like try like 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 um slope upward mm-hmm. you may have had a little bit of wiggle here and there but for the most part we started off with zero technology and we ended up where we're at now at a mostly upward trend maybe yeah. with certain turmoil black plague and stuff like that you have some hiccups here and there dark yeah. ages but for the most part you see an upward trend right the more i've learned the more i've researched the more i've read I'm convinced that it looks more like a roller coaster. Like our our timeline of technology and understanding has hit super super high points and has hit super super low points and it move and it moves its way back up again only to get reset again. I feel like the humanity has been like super high on technology, maybe even higher than we are now. And that is my personal thought. Like I do wonder if there's times in our past we had more advanced understandings than we do even today. And that's a good point. And the one thing that comes to mind when you say that is the SR-71 Blackbird to me, which is probably my favorite airplane of all time. Right. Just an incredible piece of machinery and just 
what that plane could do and how it has not been able to be, I guess, recreated or duplicated mm-hmm. since, you know, they they built that plane like in the 50s or the 60s. Right. And the things that plane could do, no other current technology right. would be able to do. Right. And, you know, and we, so it makes you wonder, you know, what were they doing back then? that they can't do now. And I think a lot of it might have to do with regulations now. You know, uh, they can't create things the way they used to be able to create them, Mm. you know. Um, But it's just weird how even going to the moon, Mm -hmm. you know, that we haven't been able to, we'd have to basically start from scratch mm-hmm. to get back to the moon. You you look at things and I, and I'm and I'm I agree with you 100%. Like how is it we're able to do certain things and then now it's harder to do those things. Um I'm going to go further back even and this is where I am tying into maybe some other stuff we've talked about before and this does tie to giants I promise. We'll get back. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we're we'll, totally we'll get back to it. Off track here. You look at a thing like the pyramids. Great pyramid for example. Mm-hmm. And my, per my education in school, and this is probably a combination of being taught the way I was taught and my lack of paying attention, but my understanding of the pyramids was that they were tombs. They were tombs. People right. were buried in the pyramids. Right. Yeah. That is not true. There has never been a mummy or anything or about no bodies at all in the pyramids. They've been found around the mm-hmm. pyramids, but not in them. Okay. And furthermore, pyramids, get this, I didn't know this, not decorated. There's no paintings. There's no hieroglyphs on the walls and pyramids. They're completely empty of any sort of decoration or anything like that at all. They, 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 they may have some basic inscriptions on them in the very beginning entrances, but as you get into them, they're just mm-hmm. blank walls. Huh. And the, 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 the walls that were used to, when I say Egypt, and you have the imagery of hieroglyphics and cool paintings that show up, and that's all within these tombs where kings are buried and other advi- you know, viziers and all these things. That's where you see this stuff. But when you get it down to the pyramids, completely undecorated. And so that smacks of, you don't decorate your septic tank. You know what I mean? You don't right. decorate your garage necessarily. Some people right. do. But if it's a utilitarian structure, you don't decorate it because it's like like a uh, like a transformer pad or yeah, like a your furnace. You your don't decorate those things. They're they they are meant for a purpose, not for like ornamental reasons. Right. There's theories that pyramids are actually were utilitarian in nature. They served a function mm-hmm. of some sort. And there's all sorts of theories. And But the point I'm getting at is like, we don't know what they were for. And it's all guesses. So when you get into stuff like giants, it's the same. I feel like the same logic applies. Like there's a persistent myth that could very well have been informed by either anomalous humans that are just really big or... A entire separate species of human being mm-hmm. or or derivative of that was really freaking big. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when you get into stories like the Smithsonian is actively covering up a skeleton, there's uh, stories of uh, skele- um, um, remains of giants in Ireland. There's mm-hmm. actual cases of people discovering 12-foot-tall skeletons in Ireland. Um, there was another case of a giant that was – oh, um, um – Native American burial mounds in, I want to say, Illinois. Okay. They're, you know, what people thought for years that were just natural formations. Turns out, no, they're mounds that were man-made by by Native Americans. And surprise, surprise, in these mounds were bodies and arranged, like laid out, like almost like a sarcophagi style, like several of them. Mm. And... Uh, in this case, in this particular area where they found these uh, skeletons, they were an average height of nine to ten feet tall. Wow! I mean, we, you you might be into the an- anomalous human size, but still, there, there's a persistent like case for this. So I think it's it's too easy to write off when you when you start seeing these things and start paying attention to them. That's just kind of mind boggling, though. The the sizes we're talking about here: yeah. ten foot tall person. 15 foot tall person. Right. You know, I'm thinking back to when we used to get uh, the Guinness Book of World Records, mm-hmm. you know, from school in the Scholastic Book Club. And you'd look in there and you'd see the world's tallest man. And I, you know, I have no idea what, how tall he was, but probably seven, eight feet. Yeah, maybe. I'd say you're scratching something eight like feet that. Tall. 
and yeah, fifteen feet, fifteen. That's double. <laughs> That's crazy. That's double that guy. And when you get into like a person that big, scale comes into play at that point. Like you're talking about shoulders that are that big, yeah. And and like picking up cars, right. is not a thing. Three foot long footprints. I know. I do know, and this is where like there is some like science to be discussed here as well. Like uh, I I read a thing once that was talking about like the reason why things are the size they are. There's like a reason why we are the size we are, mm-hmm. and 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 there's a reason why elephants are the size they are, and all yeah. this stuff. And it was getting into like the design of a, or not well the design or the 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 uh, the the way a body is assembled, and how big it could possibly get and still remain structurally. Sound. sound yeah like like if you take a human form and you make it a certain size certain things have to change right like 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 the knees and hips and the spine yeah. all become more complicated you have to so you're either talking about once again like we're dealing with, this is just a different species at this point or um there's persistent maybe even like health problems with a with a, with a with a human that big that's crazy. And on the other side of that, and we can say this for a different episode, but it does it does complement this quite a bit. The 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 yin to the giant's yang, there's the story of the Hobbit man, you know, off the coast right. of Madagascar. And I believe it's all but actually proven, please don't please don't kill me if I'm wrong, <laughs> that this was an actual like there they would never go as far as to say humanoid but like an ancient version of a subspecies of like you know how there was Cro-Magnon and mm-hmm. and um help me out here what was the other version of humans oh cuz um, even scientists agree there were separate species of humans right. back in the day there were yeah. several groups Cro-Magnon and I'm dying <laughs> there's a whole bunch of other ones it's getting late i don't have my computer in front it's of okay. me it's <laughs> okay it's okay it's going to take too long to look it's it up right. but but there's not there's not a lot of disagreement that at a certain point in time in our development there were several different species of humans like but uh, early humans like like primate level like just getting out of that type of thing but but within that um the notion that like we were the only thing that made it, I think is kind of interesting. And this does tap into the Bigfoot thing too. It's amazing how, when you start doing this, a lot of these things inform the other one. Yeah. But, but giants, I mean, it's one of those things that you, you read it first and your brain wants to just go like, Oh, well that's made up. Yeah. You know, um, I saw a great tweet that, that applies to what we're talking about quite well. Yeah. It had a picture of a unicorn, (laughs) you know, a horse with a horn out of the middle of its head. And a picture of a giraffe next to it. And it goes, you mean to tell me that we accept that the giraffe is real, but the unicorn is some crazy idea that we just can't accept as a real thing? Like, And I'm not arguing that they're real now or whatever, but the point was, like, if you were to draw those out on paper... Yeah, which is more likely to exist. <laughs> exactly. You'd be like... Here's a horse with a horn in the middle of its head, or here's a here's a hybrid of a donkey camel horse that has a <laughs> has cheetah spots and a neck that's fourteen feet long and a tongue that it's crazy. Yeah. You would, there's things that are real now that we just accept because it's part of our normal everyday. Well, Jeffrey the giraffe, he doesn't really exist anyway. Oh, you went there. God bless. Oh, talk Toys about ghosts. Oh, the ghost of Jeffrey the giraffe. <laughs> My heart hurts. I miss you, Toys R Us. Uh, talk about giants. And with that, uh, we will we will leave you. Fee fi fo fum. Thank check, you for listening. <laughs> check out Paranormal Dads on uh, Twitter. We're on at Paranormal Dads, Facebook Paranormal Dads, and Instagram Paranormal Dads. Pretty easy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we also have stickers. I put this up on our uh, Twitter. Um, we're there for they can be. You can have a paranormal dad sticker in your life for the low, low price of one dollar. Uh, we got to ship it to you somehow. Right. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. I can't just be throwing. Uh, uh, we have a Twitter link. Um, I'm sorry. I have a PayPal link on that Twitter um, post. Uh, go to our Twitter. Look for that. Click on that. Send a dollar. We can send you a, a paranormal dad sticker. And also thank you to our friends at Free Sounds who provided many of the fun sound effects heard on this episode. Thank you, guys. Take care.
I smell Pat. He smells good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> cut the grass. 